There are, in our world, certain places that seem to draw on the strange, the unusual, the monstrous. And when you were a hip young teen coming of age in one of these locations, it doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius, a burgeoning telekinetic, or a social media influencer. Your safety is not guaranteed. In these dangerous times at Chillhaven High. Previously on Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High. Tim says, um, I want a fully articulated, motion-controlled mask for my persona. I can do that. That's, that's easy. I want a badger mask, and the mouth opens, and the eyes open and close, and the mouth moves when I talk. Sure. Great. Yeah. And it's got an eye patch over one of the eyes. Even easier than I only have to make one eye. Penny, do your parents know where you are? It's one o'clock in the morning, and it's a school night. Um, yeah, my mom left us, and my dad doesn't care. Great! Zeke, your friend seems nice. Saber takes a seat next to you, Penny. Um, listen, I'm glad you're my lab partner. You're like, you're pretty smart, right? I make okay grades. Um, yeah, I guess I am. Okay, good. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not like the biggest homework person. Once I'm out of here, like I like leave school, go right to the skate park. I'm at the skate park till nighttime and then I go to sleep. I do not have room in my life for homework. You two are pulling Heck out of the pool, and he's really heavy. He's heavier than he should be, actually. He's a big boy, but he's, like, crazy heavy. And you pull him out of the pool and, like, land him on the poolside with a big sort of, like, clang. And as soon as he hits the ground, his face falls off. His face falls off? And underneath, you see robot circuitry. (gasps) Zeke, you knew it! He was a robot the whole time! Chillhaven. Two weeks after the tragic events of the Muto residence pool party. As the wee hours of Sunday night creep into the earliest bits of Monday morning, we find Penny White, t-shirt wrapped firmly around her head, catching a rare and well-earned night of actual restful sleep. For now, that is. Penny, you have, over the last week or so, You've been sleeping better than you can remember, like, consistently sleeping since your abilities manifested themselves. I think one of the things in your training with flow, in addition to working on the telepathy, developing control over your telekinesis, one of the things that flow has helped you with is, like, just mindfulness practice and uh, working on putting your sort of thoughts to rest, which even though you can't you still can't close your eyes has made it a lot easier for you to sort of calm your mind enough to get better sleep. But on this night, Sunday night, you are once again disturbed by dreams packed with meaning and menace. It's not totally clear to you. Fuzzy images kind of flickering before you, some of which you don't really have context for. But the one thing that really sticks out to you is you find yourself in an open space. 
sort of like a void. There's a firm ground beneath you. It's it's like when you're in a playing a video game on low resolution and like the uh, environment hasn't like loaded in yet. So there's sort of like fuzzy, indistinct shapes in the distance that you think might represent buildings or something, but they're not resolved for you. You can't make them out. What you can make out perfectly clearly is the lion who is slowly stalking towards you. He's stalking towards you, and he is a he. His mane is massive. And he's stalking towards you from quite a ways away. And even he, at first, is fuzzy and unresolved. But when he does snap into focus, you can see that he's holding something large in his mouth. And as he walks closer to you, you see that his face is smeared red with blood. And then finally your eyes fix on what the lion is carrying in his mouth, and you see the head of Bart White, your father. The lion walks slowly, painfully slowly, up to you, and calmly lays your father's head to rest at your feet. And then you wake up. It's, um, I would say it's probably 2.30 in the morning. It's, it's the middle of the night. Um, Penny super freaked out. She has never had a dream like that before. And though she doesn't talk to her dad very often, it's like a sentence a day. She's pretty concerned about him. Just because her dream history has been questionable lately. So she's going to um, creep to his room and just peek in the door and make sure he's in there sleeping. You creep up to the door of Bart's bedroom, and you kind of, like, crack it open gently. It's pretty dark in there. As usual, as always, as long as you can remember, the bed's unmade. There's clothes scattered all over the floor. There's empty food containers kind of strewn about. It is the the bedroom of a, um, a very depressed person, and... You do not see him in his bed, but you hear a soft sobbing from the master bathroom. Penny's going to go knock on the bathroom door. Dad, are you in there? You knock on the door and you say that and the door isn't latched. So it just sort of swings halfway open with your knock. Bart doesn't respond to you. But you're able to see him just sitting in the bathtub, fully clothed, just sobbing into his hands. Um, Penny's going to stay where she is. She's not going to go in any further. She's going to say, Dad, are you okay? Uh, Now he does notice you and, like, ludicrously tries to, like, compose himself sitting (laughs) fully clothed. As we do. (laughs) In the bathtub. Is the bathtub full? Does it have water in it? Or was he sitting in an empty tub? Uh, the bathtub is empty. Oh, okay. Of water. It is full of his human person. And sadness. And it is overflowing with sadness. <laughs> but Bart uh, just kind of <clears throat> sits up and, like, rubs his face and says, uh, Oh, uh, <clears throat> hey, uh, hey, Penny. Uh, I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't hear you come in there. Come in here. Just, hey, just getting, <sighs> just getting ready for for work? Something wrong? Uh, I can't lie to you anymore, Penny. I don't have work today. I got fired from Floor Mart. What happened? Oh, old man Floor Mart said that sales have been too far down lately. Everybody's buying things on the internet, you know? Ah, uh, damn, I've even bought things on the internet if I'd only known. But he said he can't afford to keep somebody on in the electronics department anymore, and... He friggin' shit-canned me, Penny. Oh, I'm sorry, Dad. That really sucks. Um, what are you gonna do for work? Do you have any ideas? 
Yeah, I'm sitting in the bathtub sobbing at 2.30 in the morning because I have so many ideas of what I'm going to do for work. <laughs> I'm just a teenager. I don't know anything. Can I, can I get you some water? It's okay. I can just drink it out of the faucet in here. Listen, listen, Penny, you, you go to bed. You got school tomorrow. I'll, your old dad will figure it out. I, I'll, I'll figure something out. It'll be okay. You don't, you, like you said, you're just a teenager. You don't, you don't have to worry about this. Okay. I'm Bart White, Dagnabbit. I've figured my way out of, out of worse stuff than this. Do you want to get out of the bathtub? I don't know that I'm emotionally capable of getting out of the bathtub at this time, but I promise that I will get out of the bathtub at some point today. Okay. That's Penny. That's my promise to you because I'm your dad and I need to be your rock. Okay. That's more than you've said to me in at least three years. So that's nice. I'm just going to go back to my room if you're sure you're okay. And I'll see you when I wake up again. And you'll be maybe not in the bathtub. There's a there's a non-zero chance that I will still be in the bathtub. But I'm going to try my best to think about getting out of the bathtub. That's good enough for me, Dad. Cut two. Chillhaven High, Monday. It's lunchtime. We're in the cafeteria. Zeke, you are walking into cafeteria. Walking into cafeteria. Hello, I am walking. In, I'm walking into cafeteria. And I think you got a little pep in your step because uh, Zeke, I think you know that maybe you're not always the best, kindest, most reliable friend. Definitely. Particularly to your friends, Tim and Carlos. That is correct. But you're strutting into the cafeteria today having fulfilled a promise to your friend Tim. And you are carrying a fully articulated, eyepatch-wearing, fur-sona badger head under your arm. I sure am. Well, it's boxed up. It's boxed up. Oh, okay. Okay. So did go through the effort to wrap it, kind of. Like, he was like, uh, he, like Zeke thought, to, he finished his hat, and he was very proud. Hat. He finished this <laughs> helmet. And he was very proud, and he said, "You know what? I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the effort in. I'm gonna I'm gonna box this up. I'm gonna wrap it." But it took him forever to find a box, and he didn't have any wrapping paper. So, it, it it's in a cardboard box wrapped with the the funny pages of the local paper. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, but that's not the... like well, not oh, good. Sure. Like, cause the box is pretty big, and also Zeke don't know how to wrap shit, so he's just kind of draped them over wherever they fell and just taped a bunch of pieces on until every space was covered up. How many rolls of scotch tape did Zeke go through to get this thing wrapped up? Definitely two, at least. Yeah. My other question is, how far down does something have to come down over your head before it stops being a hat? I would say your eyes. If it covers your eyes... It is I now mean, a mask or a cowl. Uh, Zeke, I would ask you to look down at those funny pages and tell me what Andy Cap's wearing, because... Uh, <laughs> that's a cap phil that's not a hat oh okay got it's it, got right it, got there it, in it. his name yeah you got me i tried to i tried to get you and you got me yeah sweet so yeah you're walking into the cafeteria uh with your poorly but lovingly wrapped present mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. and you see tim and carlos sitting in their usual spot hello dorky gentlemen hey zeke hey zeke i didn't i mean dorky's an improvement i guess Still, I I would prefer just to, yeah. It's, hello, how are you? I'm good, Tim. I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah. Could be better. Yeah, I guess. Guess what? It's about to get better, motherfucker! And I slam the box down on the table in front of him so that the side where I have scrawled in Sharpie, Tim, not to Tim, just Tim, is facing him. He looks at it skeptically. Zeke, is this thing going to, um... Is, is something in this box going to, like, scream loudly, or... It shouldn't. Display an embarrassing image of me for the school, or... I guess that would depend on what you're embarrassed by, but it's not going to display any image. Tim, we've known each other a long time. I consider you one of my two best friends. I made you a promise. A promise is not something that I am typically very good at keeping, and I know that that has been true in the past, but Tim, today is different. I bestow upon you the fully articulated Diego Badgero. <gasps> you actually did it? Oh, I I did it. Is it going to, like, scream in my ears when I put it on? Or does it have, like, dork tattooed on its forehead? Or Tim, Tim. Is there, like, a dunce cap sewn into it? I would never do... Tim, 
I would never do that to you on purpose. Did you make this in a rush in the middle of the night last night? And so you don't know what it's going to do? Maybe there's like loose wires in there and they're going to electrocute me in my brain? Did I finish it in the middle of the night last night? Yes. Did I rush it? Absolutely not, Tim. I have been working on this thing every single day for the last two weeks. I want to say a side note that Zeke did work harder on this than usual. He absolutely did not work every single day on it. He probably <laughs> he probably worked, like, I'm going to say five days total out of the last two weeks. Zeke, like, really hunkered down and put effort into this thing. Yeah, Carlos says, uh, Zeke, I've been at your house a lot for the last two weeks, and I never saw this thing, like, one time, even. It was a surprise, Carlos. I was keeping it in the closet while you were over. You don't think I can keep a surprise secret? I don't. I don't. I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think you can keep a surprise secret. So you guys have been hanging out, like, the, all the time for the last two weeks? Well, I mean... Tim, no. I mean, we're 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 just we're just training. We're not hanging out. Carlos has the Smash tournament coming up this weekend. He's hoping to get picked up by a sponsor. Yeah, dude, got to keep those thumbs tight. Yeah, I was trying to modify the gauntlet for him originally, but like, some fucking ice climbers player from California, I guess, like tried to give himself cybernetic enhancements at a tournament last year. So there's a specific ban on Tim is hand not modifications. He's ripping the wrapping off of this now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Open it up, buddy. I want to know what you think. He tears through it, and he pulls out Diego Badgero. Eye patch in place, luxurious black fur, silky white fur stripe right down the middle. With purple tips. Ooh, he's got purple tips. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, I mean, you tell me what else, like, what else this sucker has. Yeah, I think he's got, like, a nice kind of curvy, like, I'm thinking like a, you know, like a fival kind of snoot, like, just a little... A little curly cue coming off of him with a nice big nose that I think lights up LEDs. And the so the eyebrow over his eye patch is down, and then the eyebrow over his good eye is arced up, and the mask is somehow three-dimensionally like in a smirk. Just Ooh. just like showing like maybe one, maybe two little pointy little teeth sticking out. He's a real saucy lad. Mm-hmm. He sure is. I think Tim's Tim's generally uh you know, he gives he gives Zeke a hard time. But he can't hide his joy at the sight of his fursona come to life before him. He's giddy. He says, Zeke, um, I, I really don't know what to say. I, this is going to change my life. Thank you so much. You are the most welcome, Tim. I want you to know, I know that I am the way that I am. And I'm sorry that I am the way that I am. But you mean a lot to me. And it was my pleasure. So Angela's newly tanned, like she's like glowing. <laughs> she's wearing like a huge beach hat, like you know, ridiculous. She in like the fall, yeah, in the fall, straw like basket. She's just carrying around, like you know, she just was on a two week vacation, God knows where, all over the place. So she comes in and is like, "Hey, losers, did you miss me? What's that?" And then she just grabs Tim's uh, furry helmet and just. Puts it on. No, it's, it's going to bond to you. It's going to learn. <laughs> it's going to bond. It's, it's going to imprint on her, Zeke. Angela, get it off. Oh, fine. Wait, I I haven't heard from you from in two weeks. You just come storming into the cafeteria, start blowing up my spot with my friends, trying to have a nice moment. Tim's looking at inside of the mask. He's like, There's, it's got like foundation on the inside of it now. So Tim, I can clean it. It's okay, buddy. Just self tanner. Calm down. Tim turns to you, Zeke, and says, again, Zeke, thank you. And then puts it under his arm and just walks away. I think I, I think I pat him on the shoulder as he goes. He flinches, but then he, like, allows it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just coming in. It was rude as hell. I'm sorry, I'm back, and I missed you all so much. So oh, you had to make an entrance. Oh, you're back? Did you go somewhere? I wouldn't know, because you didn't tell me anything. Like, you didn't look at my Insta scramble stories? I definitely saw that you looked at them. I looked at one, and I was so mad, I never looked again. I was doing Insta scramble work. I was doing yoga retreat. I was trying to find myself. I looked at all of them, Angela. I thought they were great. Oh, Carlos, I didn't even know you were right there. Your she... tan looks fantastic. Thanks, Carlos. Tantastic is what I always say. That's really funny. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You can use that on your Insta scramble if you want to. Yeah, I'll think about it. Think okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah uh, so I'm like, writing, I'm like writing for you now. That's pretty, yeah, yeah. that's um, great. 
So I'll I'll, co- I'll I'll have ten more ideas for you by tomorrow. Cool. I promise. So I'd like to use my weird science move. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I would like to. So I think Zeke has probably been carrying like probably not like whole robot carcasses, but just some useful scraps he found in the uh-huh. aftermath of the event, like around in his backpack whenever he needs them. I would like to quickly construct a uh, fart machine. Uh, specifically one that's gonna, like, throw sound to make it sound like it's coming out of Carlos's butt. Oh my god. What do you, so you, out of spare robot parts that you have in your backpack? Yes. You're going to construct a fart machine. Correct. Give me, I need the applied phlebotinum description of how you're doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's just gonna be a really simple thing. Like, I'm basically, I'm just gonna, you know, make a rudimentary, uh, speaker and uh, put it inside a casing, and then uh, have a... Uh, uh... Yep, that's what parts sound like, I agree. <laughs> so there's going to be... It's going to work the same way like an alarm works, where there's an electromagnet that's fluctuating on and off and making a metal thing hit a metal thing inside, but somehow Zeke knows exactly how to construct those two things so that they uh, ring at the exact frequency of a fart. And there's going to be a little cone on the end to project the sound. So wherever I point it, 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 like the sound shoots out. And then whatever it hits first, it bounces off that. And that's when you hear the sound. Okay. So describe to me what you're doing now that you've made this fart machine. While Carlos is rambling praise at Angela, I am just like standing there. I think he did this entire thing behind his back. And I'm just standing there looking really attentive at Carlos and aiming it at his butt. And, I'm, and then I click the button to make it make a fart come out his butt. You point this thing at Carlos's butt, and it makes a really convincing and realistic fart sound. So, Angela, from your perspective, while you're talking to Carlos, all of a sudden, from his butt region, you just hear, like... Carlos, are you okay? What's going on with your butt? Uh, that wasn't me! Uh... And then he freaks out and starts screaming because his butt has caught on fire from Sparks... From this device. Stop, drop, and roll! <laughs> I don't know how! Stop, drop, and roll! What does stop stand for? <laughs> stop, moving! It's like an anagram, right? I think for the first, like, exactly one second, everything is happening in slow motion, and uh, Zeke sees Carlos's pants catch fire, and just for one second, his eyes go wide, and he smiles, and, li- and then literally it's just like, okay, now I need to help. Uh, so <laughs> Zeke is going to say, Sophia! So the drone, the Sophia drone, flies up out of your backpack and hovers next to your head. What's up, Zeke? Oh, needs. There's a fire. Yeah, Sophia, can you do me a favor real quick? Can you put down your uh, fireproof grabby hand and just uh, pat Carlos's butt out for me? Pat it out real good. You betcha. Post haste. And she drops down a hand, like one of her little segmented robot arms, except this one's just got a big insulated oven mitt on the end of it <laughs> and she rears back with it and slaps Carlos real hard right on the butt I think while this is happening Angela is, she ran to go like get pitchers of water or something like went into the cafeteria like where the lunch ladies are and grabbed pitchers of water and she's running back over so at the same time as Sophia like hits Carlos I think Angela's gonna throw water so like he got slapped and now he's covered in water so when Sophia slaps him on the butt it puts the fire out, but it also makes his pants fall down right at the moment where you run up and throw water onto him and just soak his little underpants. <laughs> I would say Angel's cracking up at this point. Carlos is now just like standing there dejected with smoke billowing off of his butt uh, and water dripping down his legs. Zeke reaches into his backpack and takes out like a NASA blanket and just throws it over Carlos's head and ushers him out of the cafeteria. <laughs> Not even like around his waist, like above his head, so no one sees the embarrassment of Carlos. Penny went to the bathroom before lunch started, so as she is walking to get in the line for Meatloaf Monday, she sees Zeke ushering a giant blanket out of the cafeteria, and she just cuts her eyes and goes, Zeke, what did you do? Oh, uh, Carlos had, like, fire poops or something. I don't know what that's all about. I'm getting him out of here to find him a change of pants. No, don't worry, buddy. It's gonna be okay. I have pants in my car, I promise. Okay. This definitely isn't Carlos under here. It's not him. Hey, is that Carlos under there? No! Who said that? Who fucking said that? 
He's got his name written on the back of his underpants. He bar he borrowed Carlos was nice and let this kid borrow a pair of his underpants. That's weird. It was weird. It was weird that this kid asked. This kid is a weirdo and definitely not Carlos. Zeke is definitely <laughs> lying. It's definitely Carlos under there. Angela, shut the fuck up. It's really funny though. Alright, so Penny's gonna grab her meatloaf and look to find heck. You find heck. You've grown accustomed to this now since the incident at the party. Heck doesn't have any food in front of him. He's just sitting at a table by himself in an all-black dress with his recently dyed black hair swooped down over his face. Oh my god. Back off. Sitting perfectly still, just staring blankly into the distance. Um, Penny has got her meatloaf in hand. She's going to go sit across from Heck and say, hey, Heck, guess what day it is? Heck, in a, a sort of affectedly stilted way, turns to face you and says, oh, hello, Penny. Yes, it is Meatloaf Monday. It's Meatloaf Monday. And Penny's like doing a little shoulder dance. I wish that I could eat meatloaf, but I can't because I'm a robot. Hmm. Do you remember that time I accidentally threw it on you and it was really funny? Yeah, I do. You got it all over my football jersey. <sighs> I haven't worn one of those in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> you look nice today, Heck. Your black clothes really bring out your hair. They reflect how my soul feels. Oh, wait. I don't have a soul. I'm a robot. You sound like a poet. Really? Yeah, you should write that down. Oh. I mean, if I write a poem, does it even count? What do you mean? Isn't that just like programming a computer to put words in order? Like, I'm just a machine, you know? As Heck is saying all this, Penny, well, she stares anyway, but she's just like awkwardly moving her head down trying to figure out what to say. But she's going to get up and go sit next to Heck, put an arm around him and say, Heck, I think you are really special, robot or not. We all like you just the way that you are, and you're special. Penny, can I tell you something? Yes. Heck puts a hand to your ear to whisper to you, and he says, I still poop. <laughs> um, Penny takes her arm uh, off of his shoulder <laughs> and just <laughs> looks at him and goes, That's awesome, Heck. I'm really happy for you. Why would someone build a pooping teen boy robot? Your guess is as good as mine, but that's cool. We all poop. Yeah, I guess so. Thanks, Penny. That meant a lot to hear. I mean, I knew that I knew that you all pooped. That, like, I knew that already. But like, um, I'm sorry I'm being such a bummer. I just found out I'm a robot, and I, there's no football anymore. Listen, lunchtime's just kind of hard for me right now. So I'll see you at Zeke's later, right? Yeah. If you ever need to talk, I'm always here. Well, not right here in the cafeteria. I'm only here during lunch, but I'm always, I can always be here for you. Thank you. I'll, I'll see you, I'll, I'll see you later tonight. The Atticus Jr. Residence, later that night. It's nighttime and Angela's like really bored at home, just kind of like aimlessly scrambling on Insta Scramble and calls both Penny and Zeke. Zeke does not pick up. <laughs> Okay, so then Angela calls Zeke, but Zeke doesn't pick up. So you're you're sitting in your bedroom. It's, I think, evening. You call Zeke. Zeke does not answer. And then you hear some raps against your bedroom window. Intermittent, like... Angela is freaked out a little bit just because... It's nighttime, and anytime she goes by her window when it's nighttime, not good things happen. So Angela slowly walks over to the window and kind of like peeks. You walk over to the window and you see floating directly outside of your window, but still throwing little rocks right at it, Saber Muto. And she sees you peek at her and throws another rock at the window <laughs> and just kind of like laughs to herself. Angela giggles and like waves at her and then like kind of motions for her to come inside. She lifts up her skateboard that she's holding and shrugs and points at the window, which is closed. 
Angela opens the window and invites Saber inside. Saber ducks her head and floats in and very like ostentatiously throws her skateboard onto the ground and flops over onto her back on your bed with just like a, I should say that she's been getting regular ectoplasm treatments from Penny and Flo. So she still has that kind of Scooby-Doo ghost look where like she looks desaturated, Mm -hmm. but she still looks corporeal. Uh, Angela's trying to seem like cool. Mm -hmm. So she like puts her hand against the wall to like lean on it. And it's just (laughs) like, hey, Saber. Uh, what what are you what are you doing uh and uh and tonight what what are you doing what's up what's up What does it look like I'm doing Throwing rocks at my window <laughs> <laughs> She cracks and like chuckles a little bit and then like puts back on her sad teen affect and she says I'm freaking bored Angie where have you been I've been uh, I had to go on a yoga retreat for for my Insta scramble celebrity it was really boring though I'm glad I'm back you had to go on a yoga retreat? Yeah, I had to. I have, you know, I have, like, obligations, like, post stuff on social media sometimes. I don't know. It's stupid. We don't have to talk about it. It is a little stupid. So, <laughs> uh... Yeah, well, it's something that I've been thinking of getting out of, you know? I'm just, like, getting older, and I don't really think that it's, like, professional or, like, cool. Yeah, it's totally uncool. It's really uncool. I mean, if you like it, do it, but, like... Uh, I'm just so bored. Let's go do something. There's nothing to friggin' do. The skate park's been closed. Why? Right? That's what I said. Well, I mean, like, is it written in the constitution of the city that you can't go on a skateboard when the skate park is closed? Is it... Wait, is it written in the on the constitution of this city yeah. that you can't go on a skateboard when the skate park <laughs> is closed? Yeah, and like Angela's face is like bright red because she's like, I have no idea how to talk to Saber. Let's just go break in. Angie. Listen, I'm really bored here too, so let's go. I mean, nothing bad can happen to me. I'm a ghost. Yeah, nothing bad ever happens in Chillhaven. Yeah, all right. Yeah, fuck it. Grab your board, let's go. I don't have a board. Okay, grab your rollerblades or whatever. <laughs> what wheeled things do you have? I have a, a, a Segway. You do not have a Segway. <laughs> it's my dad's. <laughs> you need to steal your dad's Segway and take it to break into the skate park with me. <laughs> okay. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, let's go. All right, get your, better put on a helmet. Those segways go pretty fast. <laughs> Shut up, Saber. Yeah, so we friggin' grab that segway. And um, I'm definitely, Angela's on the segway, and Saber's like hanging on to my back. And we segway off into the sunset. Okay, cut two. The Lynn Residence. Benny! Z! Hell yeah! What's up? Same old, same old. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Heck is still in the lab with my dad and Sophia, but you want to come up to my room? You want to play some Smash? Um, I'll watch you. You just want to watch? You sure? You sure you don't want to play? Okay, I'll play. Hell yeah! Let's go! Who does Zeke main? Have we talked about this before? Marth. Okay. Asked and answered. Penny? Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf. I think I think Penny like picks Ganondorf on the character select menu and Zeke is like, oh, P- Penny, you don't want to pick Ganondorf. That's like a that's like a D-tier character. Like nobody plays Ganondorf. And then Penny proceeds to just absolutely destroy Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Punch you real good and hard. What does Penny say when she wins the match? She plays it cool. She's like, ah, it was just luck, I think. Beginner's luck, beginner's luck. Yeah, no, it was luck. It's bullshit. They give Ganondorf so much priority and his moves do so much damage. It's, uh, um, uh, but, you know, um, better watch. Just, if, yeah, good match. You look sweaty, Z. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot in here. Sophia! She's busy. Yeah, I, it, is, it is very hot in here. Um, mm-hmm. Not long after you call to Sophia and don't get a response, 
You hear something that you don't you don't know that you've ever heard, at least not since Sophia was installed in the house. You hear Jeff's voice come into your room over the house intercom system. Yeah. Penny! Hi. It's Jeff! If you're talking back to me, I can't hear you. This is a one-way intercom system. Okay. <laughs> come on down into the laboratory. Me and Heck and Sophia have something to show you. Oh, no. Let's go! Okay, so... I couldn't hear if you responded or not, so I hope you're actually coming. Zeke stomps his foot three times really hard on the ground. Message received! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Pe- Penny is familiar with Jeff this. Jeff Lynn, over and out! <laughs> Penny, I, Penny is familiar with this already because she's been here before, but obviously the only way to get into the lab is to go into my father's bedroom and go into his closet and take the chute. Okay, what? describe that for me in excruciating detail. So you walk into Jeff's bedroom, the master bedroom. You walk in, bed on the right, closet on the left. It's a walk-in closet. You walk in, you walk all the way to the back. You take the hanger with Jeff's one Hawaiian shirt on it, because he never wears Hawaiian shirts, and it's notably out of place amongst the hundreds of identical lab coats and black pants. Uh-huh. Uh, and you tug the Hawaiian shirt on its hanger, and then a trap door opens up in the bottom of the closet, and you go slip-sliding down a big old tube. So, Penny, you've done this before? Yeah, it's really fun. Okay. Yeah, so y'all slide down the, the chute, hooting and hollering. And emerge down in Jeff's laboratory. Mm-hmm. Tell me what his laboratory looks like, and then I'll tell you where everybody is. Jeff's lab is, like most parts of the Lynn household, it is a respectable, finished basement, if a little bit out of date. The rooms upstairs, like the living room and stuff, has that kind of like half wood trim on the walls, you know what I'm saying? I think the basement is uh, full wood planks all the way up, and I think like a nice, long, maroon carpet on the floor yeah it's a little dark it's a little dingy there's just like the couple of light sockets in the ceiling there's just bulbs in them there aren't fixtures you get the sense that like jeff started finishing the basement at some point like finishing the basement at some point and Uh at some point he was like wait a minute this could be a lab so there's just like a you know a big old science slab and then kind of uh, a science lab science slab sorry got it got it got it um (laughs) Uh, like the one Zeke has in his own bedroom. And then I think kind of just like crudely carved out of the wood trim on the walls, there's all manner of just, you know, like display screens and a couple shelves of tools that are installed a little bit crooked and holes where Sophia's arms at one point just like punched out of the wall because I think... Jeff, like, put the vents in for them and then put the trim back over it, and Sophia just had to, like, bust through. (laughs) He didn't think it through very well. No. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, okay, so you you come down into this partially finished basement slash tech laboratory, mm-hmm. and you find uh, Heck sitting up on the science slab, like it's an examination table at a doctor's office, it, still in his, his black dress that he's been wearing almost every single day for the last two weeks. He gives y'all kind of a sheepish wave as you come in. Jeff Lynn is standing next to him. Fully science guide out in his lab coat, goggles, big dorky wraparound like science goggles on. He's holding some sort of probing instrument. And when you walk in, Jeff says, um, welcome to my laboratory. Hi, Dad. Hi, Mr. Lynn. Hi, Penny. Would you like a snack? Always. What you got? I, uh, um, I have dum-dums. And Heck already has like a little like sucker that he's he holds up his and Jeff just grabs like a fistful of dum dum suckers out of a bowl <laughs> next to the examination table and just offers you the fistful. Mm-hmm. Yes, Penny grabs the fistful, puts as many as she can in her pockets, and then picks out the butterscotch flavored one, pops it in her mouth. Heck says, "I don't really want to eat still, but Jeff said after my examination I have to take a lollipop, so." It makes you feel better. I picked mystery flavor. Ooh. That's the best pla- That's the best flavor right there. Hey, Pink, can I have a dum-dum? What are you going to give me for it? My dad just gave them to Just give me a dum-dum. <laughs> Fine. And um, Penny gives him the grape ones because Penny hates grape. Zeke goes, grape! Grape is great. And then he pops it in his mouth. Jeff says, all right, both of you, I need your full attention. Yeah, huh? 
Thank you for the verbal indication that I have your full attention. <laughs> now, you both know that for these last two weeks, Sophia's been working overtime trying to understand the technical details of both what makes Hex robotic body tick and what makes those nasty little evil robots tick. Yes. Well, you know how Sophia gets ideas. Um, no. <laughs> Even though I programmed her, she's an emergent AI. I don't really have any idea where most of her goofy stuff comes from, to be honest with you. So I can't take any credit for what you're about to see. But what I want you to know is it's very important to Sophia. And I need you to be respectful of her feelings. Zeke is just like already like his eyes are closed and he's just preemptively got two fingers on a temple. Penny's now looking at Zeke very hesitantly. Okay, let's see it. Sophia has, and I'm only speaking for her now because she wants to do a big reveal. She's very excited. She wanted to feel a bit more ambulatory. She's been helping you all out a lot over these last few weeks, and she's been feeling confined here in the house and the drones. So she wanted a little bit of her own autonomy. Mm -hmm. So taking what she's learned from Heck and from... The Indigo Labs robots. Well, I'll just let her show you. Sophia, come on out. Oh, no. And a big iris door, the biggest iris door down here in the lab, opens up. And out of it emerges Sophia. see a huge segmented metal carapace similar to like a trilobite or some sort of ocean bug underneath it is a swarm of countless phalanges just like the little metal phalanges on the haunted robots but hundreds and hundreds of them creating a millipede or sea slug like ambulation that drags her across the floor out of the top of the metal carapace is a long segmented metal neck that terminates in a death mask of a human face. Penny's gonna scream and all the lollipops in her pockets are gonna shoot out. Ow, ow, ow! Sophia like starts a little bit at this and uh, you see that she's got four of those Sophia arms that normally come out of the doors of the house with hot dogs in them. And she sort of waves them in the air. Sorry to startle you, Penny. But check me out. I made a whole new freaking lobby. And then she, using these, like, uh, this horrible nest of metal phalanges, you watch her as she scales up the wood paneling of the walls and onto the ceiling and twists her lifeless metal humanoid face around upside down to face you until you're staring directly into, like, the empty blackness of the hollow human eye sockets that she's fashioned for herself. I'm dancing on the ceiling. I feel like Fred Astaire. Zeke, so the second that Sophia wriggled out of that door, Zeke's right hand flew to his lightning gun in his lab coat, and then his left hand grabbed his own wrist. (laughs) (laughs) So he's just standing there, like, staring at her, like, tension in every single muscle in his body. Uh Uh-huh. Like Lionel Richie. Sophia, I think you look great, and I think you will look even better after a... few more drafts on a body design preferably one more more mammalian let's start with that heck says um he kind of looks both of you over and he says you guys seem pretty freaked out by sophia's robot body well it's not the fact that yeah. it's a robot body if it was an organic bug-shaped body i assure you heck i would also be terrified of it it just looks like the ones that tried to kill us. And also it looks like a millipede, and I hate millipedes. Too many legs. Too many legs, heck. Sophia, well, you can't read any expressions on this cold, lifeless metal face, but you see some of the, like, the life go out of her, and her neck kind of retracts a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot that you're all human beings. You only like human-shaped bodies. Hey, you, hey, you don't have to go human. Really, you don't. I'm not that narcissistic. I don't need you to look like us. Just, you know, 
not a giant bug. <laughs> Sophia, you look great. Why thank you, Kenny? Would you like a tofu dog? Yes. And Sophia reaches one of her robot arms that's attached to her current body into a small iris door and then out of another small iris door from the other side of the room, a robot hand emerges holding a tofu dog. Penny scampers over and grabs it and she's fine with all the legs now. Sophia looks, again, it's hard to read emotion in this uh, horrible metal creature, but you see her like sort of perk back up and she wiggles some of her phalanges in excitement. Penny tries to do it back, but it's just her flopping her hands. Thanks, Penny. I'm glad you like my new look. Heck likes it too. And now that I think about it, Jeff also likes it. I guess almost everybody likes it. No, you know what, Sophia? And Zeke is still, he's not let grip of his lightning gun or his hand because he knows if he does, he's just going to start shooting. And he's still very tense, but he says, no, you know what, Sophia? I've just been through a lot lately. These are my biases to deal with. I will address them. Pay me no mind until then. I am going to ask one favor of you. Please just, like, announce yourself before you enter a room, okay? Just for just for now, for me. Okie dokie, Zeke. Zeke, right after that interaction, you feel your phone, your cell phone vibrating in your pocket. And you pull it out to see that Angela is calling you. I look at it and I say, Angela's calling me. Are you going to answer it? No. I'm just going to let it ring for a second. And I hit decline. Why are we not talking to her again? Uh, because she didn't talk to us for two weeks. Like, you know, we kind of went through a lot together. And like, I really appreciate how much time we've been spending together and, you know, talking and like hashing it out and dealing with the shit that we fucking went through. And she just goes off and bails and goes on a goddamn yoga retreat with, I don't know, maybe a Kardashian. I didn't know. I didn't recognize any of the people in her pictures. So we're just not going to talk to her ever again? I talked to her today, but not, I'm not going to talk to her in my free time, no. I think you should talk to her tomorrow. I Sure, I'll see her at school. You're being difficult, Zeke. Well, I'm hurt, so yeah, maybe. So we're going to all talk tomorrow. <sighs> Fine. Cut to Chillhaven Municipal Skate Park. Night. So Angela, you and Saber scoot scoot up on your dad's Segway. Are you wearing helmets? I'm wearing a helmet. Yeah, Saber isn't because she's dead. What does it matter? That's a good point. Yeah. I think that Saber borrowed your dad's helmet to wear just so that she didn't want to make you feel like a dork, I think. But so, she would never clip it under. No, it's not clipped. Yeah. So she's riding on the back of the Segway with her uh, ghostly arms around you, but she still you feel her weight against you. She feels like a human being. She's got her skateboard clutched under one of her arms. And when you roll up to Chillhaven Municipal Skate Park, you see signs of construction. You see that the, the big sign that's always been outside of Chillhaven Municipal Skate Park has been re uh, not replaced, but updated with like an extension down on the bottom. And it now says Chillhaven Municipal Skate Park and Animal Zoo. The skate park, like just about everything in Chillhaven, abuts the edge of the anodyne pines. But you can see behind the skate park, past the half pipe, past the swimming pool, you see construction equipment, cranes, and you see almost fully completed zoo buildings. A big chunk of the Anodyne Pines has been torn down and an almost finished zoo has been constructed in its place. And you remember now vaguely before you left on your trip, uh, your parents saying something about finishing up the zoo design project that they were contracted by the city for. My parents did this? You don't remember the details, but once again, they were design consultants in some capacity. Okay. So you pull up in front of this sign, and there's temporary fencing, like temporary chain link fencing that's been put up all around the skate park, blocking it off. Chain link fence? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we pull up there. And I see the fence, or Angela sees the fence, and then she goes, good thing I brought bolt cutters, and takes them out of her backpack. <laughs> and it's like, so not like Angela, but I feel like she's desperately trying to do like normal things and just try to feel like a regular human being after all the, sh the stuff that happened. 
So it's like something that she wouldn't normally do, but she's kind of like in crisis mode. So Angela goes over and like, she's never used bolt cutters before, but she's like trying and it's like really difficult, but she's like cutting through the fence so that they can get into the park. Why don't you give me an act under pressure roll? Uh, Three, four, five. So I rolled a five. You gently lay down your Segway and you produce these bolt cutters out of your backpack. Get to it. Oh, so I have the bolt cutters in my hand and I'm, it's really hard. I've never used bolt cutters before. And so I'm just like getting in there and trying to like rip apart the fence. Yeah, you, uh, the, the bolt cutters are actually super easy to use. You clip right through this chain link fence. No problemo, and open up a hole big enough for uh, you and Saber to slip in through. I grab my Segway behind me and kind of pull it through, and I turn to Saber and say, after you. Saber turns to you and winks and rolls her skateboard in through the hole and then walks through the chain link and with just like a... Emerges on the other side. (laughs) This ectoplasm is pretty cool. Like it can make me corporeal. Corp, corpor, corpor, Flo always says it, corporeal, corporeal. Corporeal. Yeah, but I can like still do ghost shit. It's pretty dope. Yeah, I guess I should have figured that. I mean, you had to get in too, right? Mm, yeah. Let's grab Segway, duck down, and then crawl in the hole. Almost the moment you emerge on the other side of this hole, you see a flashlight shine directly in your eyes, and uh, you hear a voice shouting, Hey, who is that? How'd you get in here? Angela drops the Segway and immediately puts up her hands. <laughs> <laughs> this light, you see the bobbing from this light as a flashlight held in someone's hand. It's difficult to see past the light because it's being shined right in your eyes. But you see the vague outline of a security guard walking quickly towards you. Um, sorry, Sir, ma'am, we're just, uh, I'm, my parents worked on the zoo here and I just uh, had a swing by. They told me to uh, take some pictures because they wanted to like show their friends the progress that's being made. The security guard is still keeping a little bit of distance and just shining this light in your eyes. So you can't quite make out the details of them. They shine the light on you and then on Saber and then on the hole that you've cut in the fence. And they say, uh, So your parents worked on the zoo and they sent you here to cut your way through the fence to take pictures of the skate park at night. Angela's kind of like looking around and he looks back at the security guard and goes, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, that's my story. This is really important to my parents, Allie and Anthony. And if you just let this go this one time, I know I probably should have, like, brought the keys and entered correctly. But if you let this slide, then you can pretend you never saw me here, and I will make a suggestion to my parents to name the zoo's gift shop after you. It will be called the... The Grud Fuddrucker Gift Shop? The Grud... (laughs) Fuddrucker gift shop. Got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? My dad always said no one would never name anything after our family on account of our terrible name. Well, your dad didn't have much faith in you, but guess what? I do. Is this an alternate timeline? Like, in our timeline, (laughs) did this person's dad start the restaurant chain Fuddruckers? (laughs) But it just doesn't exist in Chillhaven, so you have to become a security guard instead? Yes. (laughs) Well, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but uh, that's why I'm the security guard, you know? Like, gosh, Grud Fuddruckers gift shop. I can just picture it right now. It's got a nice ring to it. Are you going to sell little dolls of me? Sure. Next to all the zoo animals? Yeah. Right in between the lemurs and the lions? Got a little, a little Grud Fuddrucker in my little uniform. All right. All yeah. right, listen. Now, I got to do another lap of the construction site here. It's, uh, it's real dangerous, okay? So take your pictures, do what you got to do. I suggest using a flash because it is nighttime, but I'll give you that long, okay? As long as it takes me to do another lap here, you got it to uh, to do what you need to do for your parents. 
You know what? Thank you, Grud. Thank you, Grud Fudrucker. You're welcome. I'll send you over some of my blueprint designs for the gift shop that I've been working on. I'm, I know, I know, it's going to be like a like a back and forth kind of a conversation. Mm-hmm. But I'm really, I'm really excited about this. I knew I, you know, I put on my security hat and I strapped my flashlight to my waist today. And I looked myself in the mirror. And I said, Grud, this, this something special is going to happen for you today. And I'm so glad I met you. And here is my name and my number. And Angela like goes in her back pocket and there's like a receipt for something and she writes Zeke Lynn (laughs) (laughs) with Zeke's phone number on it as like payback for ignoring her calls and then just like slides it over. Give me a call. Zeke, huh? Yeah, Zeke. It's a family name. Nice to meet you, Zeke. Nice to meet you, Grud. Okay, anyway, I'm gonna gonna go do my thing now. Yeah, okay. Have a good night. And then looks over at Saber immediately and goes, I can't believe that worked. Savers, I think Saber, you didn't realize while you're interacting with Grud, had become completely translucent <laughs> as like a defense mechanism. That's fuck. Uh, and she um, like returns herself to opacity before your eyes, and she says, uh, "Yeah, you nailed it. I probably would have just run." Yeah, you totally left me hanging there, but I'm gonna ignore that. You had it. You got people skills. You know, I don't have that. So you and Saber are just like fucking around, dicking around in the skate park. You don't really have access from where you are to the full-on animal zoo. There's more fencing that's blocking you off from that. I think you figure that cutting through some more fencing is probably pushing your luck with old Grud Fuddrucker. Yeah. So you all are taking pictures, horsing around. Segway and I'm doing donuts around Saber. Doing donuts in the Segway. <laughs> And you are stopped cold as something emerges briefly from the forest. No, not again. So at first, you just see its eyes reflected in the flash from your camera. But you see a large, black, horny goat step briefly out from amidst the pines and just sort of stare at you and Saber for a moment and then turn and walk back into the woods. Look over at Saber and say, huh, that was weird. And then continues to do segues around (laughs) Saber. Segway scooter sure sounded fun. I wonder if they made one big enough for me and my hundreds of legs. Speaking of segways, here is one into the credits. This episode you heard the sultry sounds of Mace Westman, who plays Angela Atticus Jr. You also heard the dulcet tones of Bess Lawson, who plays Penny White. Additionally, you heard the soothing timbre of James Chedlar, who voices Zeke Lynn. James also put all of the sweet, sweet music and sound design together for this episode. And finally, your ears partook of the tasty vector that is the voice of Philip Swessman, who plays everyone else and is also the Game Master. Our introduction was done by the booming bass of Ethan Waldron. Additional sound effects provided by Zapsplat.com. Now don't go anywhere. There's an epilogue on this one. The Chillhaven Municipal Skate Park and Animal Zoo, later that night. Angela Atticus Jr. and Saber Muto have long since crawled their way back out through the hole from whence they came, leaving Grud Fuddrucker alone once more to patrol the grounds of the construction site. The night is quiet, and even the animals in the as-yet-uncompleted Animal Zoo are nearly silent sleeping in their cages. Grud Fuddrucker's mind drifts to fantasies, about the gift shop soon to bear his name, and maybe even little stuffed Grud Fuddrucker security guards right next to all the lions and lemurs. But this fantasy is interrupted when Grud discovers something alarming. One of the animal cages is open, and the animal inside? Well, it isn't. Inside, it's not, it's gone, it's not there. As Grud stares with worry at the open empty cage, the silence of the night is broken by a terrifying animalistic sound. 
and moments later, it's broken yet again by Grud Fuddrucker's horrifying screams and the tearing and rending of his flesh. Oh, God! Oh, oh no! Oh, at least they'll have the gift shop to remember me by! Oh.